about how I came to understand the typography in my life, as well as how it can work in the wider world. Keep in mind, it is by no means comprehensive or definitive. It is, well, just my type. C.K. I fell in love with comic books very early on, totally mesmerized not only by their combinations of words and pictures, but also by the aesthetics and moral codes of superheroes. But later, once I became a graphic designer specializing in book covers, it never occurred to me that my design sense was influenced by the comics in any way. After all, at Alfred A. Knopf, my employer of twenty-five years and counting, I was designing for real literature, some of the best of its kind, novels, biography, poetry and non-fiction worthy of the National Book Award, the Pulitzer, and the Nobel Prize. Surely the comics, as much as I loved them, were not affecting how I approached this realm. Or so I thought for many years, until during an interview one day I was asked this very question, did I think that comic books were a strong influence on my design sense? When I answered in the firm negative, the astute interviewer, I can't remember who or for what, replied that he begged to differ. "'What do you mean?' I asked. "'Well,' he said, "'in a lot of your jacket designs the type and image are very much compartmentalized.' "'That's true. "'As in the Cormac McCarthy jackets for the Border Trilogy. "'Yes, I call that approach separation of type and state. "'Okay, but you know what that also is?' "'What?' It's a comic book panel. What? Sure, think about it. In comics, the images and words are strenuously kept apart. There's a caption at the top, boxed off from the drawing, and all the dialogue and thoughts of the characters are contained in balloons. You do that with a lot of your designs, don't you think? For once, I was speechless. He was totally right. Hmm, I'll have to think about that, I said. Bastard. As a kid who grew up in the seventies, my emotional experience with logotypes was regularly developed through television. The anticipation of seeing my favorite shows was always heightened by the opening credits, along with the theme songs, but that's another story. I realized that none of this would be considered classically good typography, which I wouldn't really learn about until college. At the time, I had no concept of what kitsch was, but I did know if a program was good or not, so if one believes that a piece of graphic design is only as good as the content it represents, then I'd say many, including the opening credits to I Love Lucy, The Brady Bunch, and Batman, are brilliant. As you could have told from the drawings on the back cover of my eighth-grade English Lit notebook, the logos of rock bands were of particular interest as they tend to be to the youth of America and the world in general. Alas, my taste in music was regrettable, but that would change soon enough. The main point is that while I understood that these symbols were specifically created for their respective entities, I did not yet understand that they represented graphic design. That would not happen until I went to Penn State University and majored in graphic design as an undergraduate. Peter Saville's album covers for Manchester's Factory Records in the 80s and 90s were a true revelation to me, especially his work for New Order. 
When I was a sophomore in college, the group soon became one of my favourites, and remains so to this day. But what was truly striking was that while they were more or less a rarefied synth disco band, though a truly great one, Savile's cool and classically modernist sleeves didn't reflect at all any of the expected visual clichés of dance music. No mirror balls, no platform shoes, no groovy lettering, and most notably, no discernible emotion. The result is a brilliantly nuanced balancing act between form and content, in which one is so totally at odds with the other that they ultimately complement each other with unique juxtaposition. The design doesn't have to try to get your toe tapping, because that's the music's job. The lettering is clean, beautifully proportioned, easily read, and, well, ordered. Savile didn't so much have a style as he did a sensibility. One.